Morning After with Nick and Big J. Here we sit on a Wednesday morning, 29th day of April 2020. My name is Nick. There's Big J over there. I'm right here. We get an F- minus for yesterday's show, Big J. What happened? I realized that uh, when we wrapped up, we completely forgot to declare who the cage match winner was yesterday. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I don't know if that's an F. I mean, uh, maybe a D. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big part of that D last plus. part of the show. <laughs> and so I ask you now, who won cage match Did somebody match complain? No, no, no. Uh, this is me. Oh, okay. Then that, then I maybe that nobody notices. Nothing happened. Well, I mean, why bring it to everybody's attention? Because we do need to declare a winner. Not if everybody forgot. I mean, it was. Well, just because I nobody we, uh, actually sure came didn't? into. I'm a hundred percent positive. Because who was it? It was uh, Mushroom Head. Okay, they ended up winning. Remember? No, we talked about it. I said it was close. No, we, I, go back and look at the tape. You do the you do the podcast every day. Yeah, I, I promise you. I, I breezed. It, it's my fault because I usually bring it up, but I I we uh, well, maybe you I asked recapped you off the show. The air. I don't think I did. Because it was psychosocial. No, or psychosexual. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was close, but Mushroom Head won. All right. So Mushroom Head will defend their title today. I and Jeremy Spencer would love to talk about it. About losing to Mushroom no, Head. No, no, about the project. His song. Good. Well, maybe we'll get him on. And we'll ask him, my first question, what the hell? And Maybe we'll a different question. Go first. from there. We will go from there. Uh, today on the show, Big J has a movie review for you. He watched The Kitchen last night on HBO. What you, is it go or now? I can't remember. Go. 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 Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is what you watched uh, The Kitchen on. We'll get a full review of that coming up this hour. We also have some prizes to give away over the course of the show today. Uh, the aforementioned cage match will happen at 9.15. And all sorts of other fun and excitement during the course of the show today. I felt like a big uh, lump on a log yesterday. I have uh, I have been spending the last two and a half weeks actually. I'm not even going to call it working out, but I'm going to call it exercising. And I suffered my first injury uh, the day before yesterday. Man, see that would happen to me like the second day. And uh, and I didn't do anything yesterday, and I felt real useless. And the only reason why I was doing it was just because I felt like so. You've been walking, oh. right? That's yeah. That's I'm, I'm walking you, four you miles. You injured a day. yourself walking. Uh, well, I what I, I, I that's happened, what I would do. I bought I bought shoes, right? I bought new oh, shoes. And so and so I was I, I was using my old shoes to do the walking in because I have a two shoe rotation basically. Okay, uh-huh. I've got shoes that I wear and the shoes that I don't wear. And I was using the shoes that I don't wear as my walking shoes. And what I didn't know was that there was a piece of plastic that had popped up from the back of the heel and it just rubbed me raw and I was bleeding like Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Overnight, I had woken up to a huge bloody sock that was stuck to my ankle and was just caked in blood and it was really bad and I couldn't like put any kind of, couldn't move it yesterday or even today without like, yeah, it it, it needs to heal up. And it also, that sock needs to go into the morning after Hall of Fame. No, it went into my wash. No! And so that I could actually <sighs> clean it up. Uh, but uh, it, it was uh, pretty gross, and I'm gonna have to, you know, take a breath, uh, take a knee again today, which I don't like. But uh, I am actually trying to do something during this whole thing, which is making me feel Huge a little mistake. bit better, <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, but then I feel useless when I don't do anything. Uh, but I promise we'll do things during the show today, like play some music for you. It's corn, it's freak on a leash. We'll get to some important stuff here in a few. It's the morning after with Nick and Big J on the X Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, this may make some people around the Treasure Valley feel a little bit better. Uh, Governor Brad Little has been uh, speaking a lot about the slow but sure reopening of the state. 
that is going to be coming as early uh, for some as this Friday. And as the governor said last week, testing has always been, continues to be at the crux of containing the coronavirus pandemic and making steps towards opening the economy. Now, according to a Harvard study, Idaho is one of the few states in the United States that is testing enough people that actually they do recommend that things could open up earlier here than some parts of the United States. Wow. Study uh, was conducted by the Harvard Global Health Institute and a stat the United States tested 1.6 million people last week, which is about half of what the Harvard formula says they need to be testing. But uh, the study's researchers pointed out that those numbers don't exactly paint the whole picture on what's happening across the country. There are states that are clearly don't have enough tests to do what they need to do. Those states are uh, states like New York and California that are still dealing with this stuff in, in mass numbers because of the you know, density of the population there and the way this is spread. They just don't have enough tests from wherever they're having. Right. But Idaho is doing really, really good when it comes to that kind of stuff. The amount of tests that we've had, the amount of cases that we've had, and the amount of uh, you know information that has been processed, uh, Idaho is one of the four to five states that Harvard say is actually doing enough currently in this pandemic when it comes to testing and making sure things are on track for a reopening, economic and otherwise. So while others do lack behind, and as a country, we're still not doing great according to this study, there are some isolated parts of the country that are doing okay, which is good. It's nice to be on that short list, yes? Yeah. Amazing. Yes. So, uh, good job, I suppose. And we'll see what happens, and we can go from there. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper gave the go-ahead yesterday for NASCAR to hold the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway on May 24th without fans in attendance, unless health conditions in the state get worse. Cooper said the he and the state public health officials have discussions with NASCAR and the Speedway about safety protocols for the race. NASCAR gave teams the revised schedule Monday that shows racing returning on May 17th at Darlington in South Carolina, followed by a second race at that same track on May 20th. And then the Coca-Cola 600 will be on the third racetrack, which is North North Carolina. Of course, uh, the thing here is, I believe the Coca-Cola 600 is usually held at the Daytona Raceway. So they're moving all sorts of stuff around. And, you know, any racer will tell you that setup and tracks are very different from one another. And so uh, it's still nice to have racing back, I guess, if you want it. Big J, any interest in the TV series that HBO was developing based on the Hellraiser movies? No. The project is being helmed by David Gordon Green, who did the 2018 Halloween remake, which I have yet to see. And he is set to direct several episodes as well. Did you see it? The one that, uh, that, uh, now I can't remember his name for some reason. He's, uh, he's in all the, uh, the Seth Rogen movies. He was in Eastbound and Down. You're not going to help me, are you? I, well, I, he was I in This Is Us, uh, not This Is Us, but the, uh, Danny, Danny McBride? That, that's it. Danny McBride also wrote it and produced it. The Halloween remake. Oh, right, right. But did you ever see it? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Uh, but I any interest in the Hellraiser? No. Now, uh, Hellraiser, never really, never really got into the originals. They had nine sequels to that movie. There's nine Hellraiser Crazy. movies. I know. And I don't remember a single one. All I remember from Hellraiser, of course, is Pinhead. Right. That's it. And the Cube. That's all I remember from it. And that's it. And so I guess maybe that's why. I they're mean, I don't back. think I ever saw one either. Maybe when they were on TV. 
like caught a couple seconds of yeah, it, right? I'm that's like, yeah, how this I, is like a you know, Freddy Krueger ripoff. I'm out. Yeah. So uh, while Pinhead freaky looking, I never really understood what he did or what he was or Hellraiser's real connection to people. But it's out there. I mean, I must be doing okay. You don't make nine movies for something that just nobody cares about, right? So they're making a TV series. So enjoy it whenever it comes to fruition. Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your first round of important stuff. And so good, man. Shaman's Harvest, that's the chain on 100.3, the X-Rocks, your send dude song of the day. Yesterday, right around this time, our very good friend Big J selected a movie to watch and review for you. It is called The Kitchen, and this is the part where we ask him, how the hell was it? Yeah, The Kitchen uh, is based off of uh, DC Vertigo Comics uh, uh, story. Now, that's uh, the adult version and graphic novel section of DC. So that's where you get the Hell's Kitchen uh, reference in in the title, The Kitchen. And it's uh, a story about uh, some Irish mobsters who end up going to prison, Nick. And while they're in prison, their wives kind of struggle to have to uh, fill the void and, and be able to survive and, and make uh, ends meet. Those are uh, played by Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. And so uh, at first, they're kind of pushed around by some of the uh, folks who are are left in the uh, in charge of the Irish mob there, but you know they're not really doing their job out on the streets like they're supposed to. And so the lady said, "You know what? Enough is enough. We're taking over these streets." Love it. Yeah, and uh, they get down to business, and you know, uh, at first they try to do it the right way in a pleasant way, and then things move along where it uh, it isn't very pleasant anymore, and they have to uh, take matters into uh, on the violent side. Uh, enter in uh, Dom Dominale Gleason. Now you might not know that name, but if you uh, watch the Star Wars movies here lately, he is General Hux. Okay, he's been in a few of these streaming dumbass movies, Nick, and uh, he is phenomenal actor. All right, uh, way under utilized in those Star Wars movies for what he can actually do. Just That's just a note there. Um, and so he's uh, he's been uh, over there in Vietnam and come back and so he's seen some combat so he, he can handle the heavy stuff and uh, they start to, to make some moves and, and eventually uh, Oh, he's on their side? Yes. Okay. And he eventually, uh, you know, they, they eventually getting on the radar of the Italian mob across the river uh, and, and and so they that's when things get really dicey. And, Two and, families have to go to war? Yeah, yeah. That there's a lot of stuff going on here. You also got Common in the movie. Uh, he plays an FBI agent. So, very interesting. And, and I tell you, it's not a comedy per se, but there are some funny moments in here, some violent moments, and uh, it's a pretty good movie. An amazing soundtrack. All right. So, it sounds like it was a uh, big jam. Yeah, approved. Get All right. Check out The Kitchen. Now, Even with Elizabeth Moss. I was it. just going to say, you were very upset when you found out she was in the movie yesterday. She's the worst. Ha- has, it didn't do anything to change your opinion of No, her. no, not at all. In fact, it's great. Uh, one of the reasons why I love the movie. It gives you a hint at what happens. Man. And it, it, she, I mean, she's a good actress, right? Nah, not really. What? Yeah, I don't find her good at all. Wow. Very interesting. Very uh, blasé. But I mean, like, what else have you seen her in? Nothing. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't You don't understand. have to get it. No, no. Nobody's asking uh, I mean, me to. It, well, I mean, I, I understand. I dislike and hate somebody all I want. That's right. You absolutely can. But, I mean, it's the, the amount of vitriol you have for somebody that you haven't seen them do anything yet. Yeah, I don't really have that much vitriol. Okay. It's just funny to hear you think that I'm... Uh, she was in Mad Men. Yeah, I, I only I watched really, a couple episodes really, uh, of it. Yeah. But even, I mean, how far into Mad Men did you get? Because she wasn't even. I, I was just in. looking it up. I just saw that she was okay. mad. I was gonna say because she's not even in it, like in it, in it until. The real reason I dis- despise her is The Handmaiden's Tale. 
which you also haven't watched. Yeah, but I just don't like the look of it. <laughs> so, you know, she didn't design the costumes or the art direction. I don't, I don't care. She's just a hired gun. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Either way, the kitchen is officially Big J approved. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. One of the things that Big J and I have talked about during the course of this uh, coronavirus thing has been the amount of stress slash anxiety that people can be under because of it. And a new survey found that one quarter of Americans have already reached what they consider to be their breaking point in the midst of this pandemic. Survey was commissioned by Kelton Global. 72% say they expect to reach some sort of breaking point about this stuff by mid-June if stay-at-home orders aren't lifted, and 100% said it would happen if it were to last for longer than six months. When the survey was conducted, by the way, this is between April 3rd and April 6th. 16% said they'd already reached their breaking point. 25% said they would in the next two weeks, a time period that we've now passed. Asked about what's driving them to the breaking point, the top things named were loneliness, constant arguments with family, extreme worry over everyday activities like going to the grocery store, and constant anxiety are some of the reasons. So, this gives us an opportunity to once again talk about our mental health. Well, you know, we, I mean, you know, early on we had uh, Dane Mullen from Pride Mental Health on and talking about that very thing and, and my concern and, and their concern too was that you've got everybody cooped up and they don't have the ability to hit up their coping devices that might be outside the home, whether it be, you know, exercise, the gym. I mean, a lot of things that you wouldn't realize that you've been, you know, hiding some of your anxiety with by the things that you do. And when you take that away, you're left kind of, uh, I guess, the for lack of a better term, naked. And you don't know what to do with that. It's very difficult. And um, it, it really, if you're feeling that way, you should reach out. And, and, and try to find some solutions and what you can do about it. Right. The key is not letting yourself get to that breaking point. Find a way to diffuse it. And for everybody, it's different. There are no, you know, completely different, whatever answer I can give you may not work for you as it would for somebody else. And so the key is finding what that is to, you know, take your mind off things or ease the tension, ease the anxiety or whatever and try to find a way to do that within the confines of what you have. And put that stigma away and bury it forever that, that something is wrong with mental health if you need help. Like, like something's wrong with you. It's actually something that everybody who's a human being has to deal with at some point in their life. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no shame in reaching out for help from uh, a trained professional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick does it all the time. I do. I have. Uh, I will freely admit that. Me too. Major League Baseball is discussing a plan that would start the season in late June, including at least 100 regular season games and have a realigned league, according to USA Today. Games would be played without fans and teams own Major League ballparks. The realignment would be considered would set up three divisions with 10 teams each based on geography totally, west, east, and central. And teams would only play within their division to avoid as much travel as possible and to make sure that things are pretty tightly quarantined. So a very interesting Relocation realign says strategy for Major League Baseball. We'll see what ends up happening there as well. Again, this is like plan E for them too, so nothing's set in stone just yet. Did uh, Lars Ulrich talk with uh, Mark Benoff from Salesforce make you happy yesterday, Big J? Uh, I didn't see it. Oh, They were discussing the uh, COVID-19 pandemic and how it's affecting the band and the world, and Ulrich went, used the time to reveal that Metallica could get together and write and record a new album while in quarantine, Big J. 
At one point, Ulrich discussed Metallica's touring plans and said that they, you know, the Spring Festival dates have been postponed or cancelled, saying the idea of bringing tens of thousands of people together in concert is maybe just not the right thing for health and safety of everybody in 2020. But he said, the guys in Metallica, we sit here and go, hey, listen, maybe in a month or so, there's a chance that the four of us could be together, maybe in a studio in Northern California or even online. And if the quarantine and state at home in order to subside, maybe, just maybe, it's album time. And the, he said, will there be a Metallica quarantine record? I, I can't tell you because, again, I don't know how long it'll last, but you and I and the rest of the world are sitting here six months from now or a year from now. I'd say there's a very good chance. Metallica actually uh, recorded Hardwired at its headquarters in the San Francisco area, and Lars told us at the time why he likes that particular setup for the guys in Metallica. Being at home, you know, the hours are definitely shorter. Obviously, the upside of being at home is getting a chance to sort of go back to your own bed every night and see the kids and kind of still be involved in school grinds and domestic responsibilities and all that. Obviously, that does away with the 16-hour grind days in the studio of back in the day you know but it feels like the time spent in the studio flew by maybe slightly faster so there could be a possible new metallica record now listen that's a lot of talk and a lot of maybes and a lot of perhapses but wouldn't be upset about that would you big j no considering the no. turnaround that the band has so uh keep your fingers crossed maybe this could motivate some people we talk a lot about you know what are bands doing while they're in quarantine and a lot of them you know are using this time to write so it probably shouldn't surprise anybody that we could have a lot of new music coming in the next six months to a year because of all this stuff and you know it used to be you all had to be in a studio together now with technology big j it's not that way you just lay down in your own home studio and record some stuff and send it off next thing you know you're halfway to an album yeah Morning After with Nick and Big J. We're going to hell in a couple minutes. Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X Rocks. Big J, we are going to the United States of America for today's We're Going to Hell story. America. The entire country is under uh, a microscope today for the story because it comes to us from a company that does a lot of things across the country. And, uh, you know, we've been quarantined, either self or otherwise, for a while. There's some stay-at-home owners. There's plenty of essential employees that are still going to work. But there's a lot more people at home these days. Agree or disagree? Agreed. And we're starting to see the fallout from people that are home a little bit more. And uh, it certainly is unexpected because something negative is starting to happen from this. And all this information comes to us from the uh, president of Waste Management. That is a company that is the largest waste removal company in the United States of America. And they run a bunch of different things across a bunch of different states. And they said that one thing that has been happening over the last several weeks that they have not anticipated was the amount of garbage truck fires that are happening has increased exponentially over the last couple of what? weeks. Why? It's a good question. Why is that happening? And there's an answer for it. More people are at home. Therefore, more people are doing a lot of cleaning around the house. They've got more time on their hands. Yeah. They're doing some stuff. And so what's happening is because they're finally cleaning out their garages or their sheds or their whatevers that haven't been cleaned out in forever, people are just because they're not doing it the right way, disposing of hazardous material at a ridiculous rate. Oh, okay. Paint thinner, pool chemicals, batteries, lighter fluid, propane tanks, all these things are things that are people that are just chucking in their regular garbage. And of course, you know, the way the garbage trucks work is they don't dig through your garbage. They just take whatever it is and dump it into the back with an arm and then go about their Yeah, it's not like they're 
filtering everything that they put in the truck. And all these things can ignite or explode with friction when they're smashed down in the back of the truck. And that is what's happening. They are causing a bunch of fires in a bunch of different trucks across the country. Damn. And according to the uh, President Ryan Schwint, he says, listen, they're definitely more common than you would think, and they're common like crazy right now. He says there's typically uh, some truck fires here and there in the summertime. However, they've seen way more in March and April than they normally do. They say they're getting about uh, two every week in each city. Now... Uh, he said, when I looked at my, when, when we look at the cameras, we notice the flames in the back of the truck. That's how we know that it's happening. When a fire is detected, drivers try to remove, remove away from homes and cars to an open area, like Heroes. a large vacant parking lot. Heroes. They try to suffocate the fire by putting it out using the blade itself and try to cut off all the oxygen. And if that can't work, they actually eject the garbage out of the truck. Uh, in a lot of cases, uh, garbage fires are being started, just dumped in parking lots, and then firefighters have to extinguish the flames. But uh, some cases aren't ending very well, is the point, which is why they're using this time to remind you that, you know, make sure you're not chucking out hazardous materials because a bunch of garbage trucks are starting a fire across the country. So this is good to know. And maybe just maybe uh, you people weren't aware of it. So now we can help out our waste management friends across the Treasure Valley and the state as well and not throw out hazardous material because we don't want any more garbage fires than the one gigantic one we have in the country right now. <laughs> right. So let's try to do our best, everyone. Please. Who would have thought? Like, if you had said, what's going to happen? Everybody's got to be in their house for like 90 days. What's going to happen out of that? The last thing you think of is garbage truck fires. Garbage truck fires <laughs> Like that's. Time. That's a problem. Think about the bigger issues. Whoa. Right. Right. So now you know. And as I say in G.I. Joe, knowing's half the bet. Morning After with Nick and Big J. News for you if you're a slob. Next on the X-Rock. Soundgarden fell on Black Days on 100.3 The X Rocks. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Big J, think real hard about your vehicular motor transport, okay? Uh, okay. Now think about the interior of it. Would you say it was dirty? Uh, depends on the day. Some ha. days. Today, right now. Yeah, you a little say bit. It's messy. Yeah, I got to throw a couple things away. What uh, What would you say it needs to be thrown away? What's in there right now? I got a couple. Uh, Soda pop cans. Okay. Couple. All right. What else? Anything else? That's it? Any, That's about a, it. Any fast food bags? Yeah, there's or, one in there, I think. Okay. Uh, any garbage in the back seat or anything like that? No. Like, if you were, were a force to give somebody a ride, let's say a stranger, would you be embarrassed at the condition of your car right now, the interior of Well, no, because I don't give a damn. <laughs> what if, like, the boss said, hey, listen, I need a ride to the airport. Would you mind... Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a problem. Okay. I would give a damn then. <laughs> it would have to be pristine. I mean, that... Or if I had to say, go pick up Jada Pinkett Smith. Right. For an interview here at the station. Uh, and so... There that would be, be some an issue. Cleaning that needs to be done. Uh, but on a regular basis, would you say it's fairly clean, or would you no. say... There's... Okay. <laughs> so, your car is fairly messy on the interior of it. Well, uh, has your wife ever talked to you about it? Like, has she ever Probably. had... Probably. And I just ignored her. Like, she ignores me. Uh, because according to a new survey, uh, 70% of people believe that if their significant other has a dirty car, it really, really bothers them. 
Uh, about 20,000 Americans have been uh, polled about this, and they discovered about 51% would go so far as to say that, listen, if, if they got into a, cur- a filthy car in a first date, that would be pretty much it. That would give them an indication of enough of what a kind of a slob this person is, and they wouldn't want to see them any further. But once they're actually in a relationship with a person that has a messy car, they uh, bring it up once or twice and then just try to ignore the fact that it's happening because it's really one of the grosser things that they think about them and they don't want to think about that, which is quite damning, Big J, when you think about it. Uh, About 49% say they have a messy car, whether it's old food wrappers, dirty blankets, expired drinks. Uh, 68% of those that have messy cars are embarrassed to have people in their car giving its filth. Um, And so it is a very interesting state of affairs. Now, according to the survey as well, uh, about 48% of people say they clean out their cars on a regular basis so that it is not very messy. But having a messy car is not a good thing, just so you know, Big J. Your wife is probably disgusted by it. Uh, Does your wife have a messy car? Um, It depends on what you're... I mean, by definition of some of the things you described, not necessarily. But yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, if you have like a cup or a, an old cup of coffee in the coffee a cup holder, one cup, I don't think that's a messy car. I think that you just haven't thrown that out yet. I think like if you have a bunch of things in your car that need to be thrown out or there's like a bunch of crumbs or stuff on the back seat or the seat uh, and, and a bunch of crap in your back of your car, I would consider that to be a messy Yeah, car. no, then no. Yeah. And so, uh, when you go places, do you often take her vehicle if you go together? Well, yeah, because it's cleaner. Well, no, because it's it's our you know it's our it's a car we pay for on a monthly basis. The family car. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, mine's just a commuter car. Gotcha. Uh, a messy commuter car at that. So a reminder to clean out your cars, especially if you want to uh, make the person that you're with happy. Apparently, they don't want to talk to you about it, but they're grossed out by you. <laughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J. Big J, the more days that pass, the more Americans and people here in the Treasure Valley are getting their stimulus checks. And that means, of course, coming out of the woodwork, the scammers that are trying to thrive on people who are confused and desperate. And they're taking the current pandemic situation and making it ideal for them. Now they may be coming after your stimulus payment. Confusion about how and when those payments of up to $1,200 or more will arrive from the IRS is a combination with people's desperation for financial relief have made the process perfect for scammers. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, has already gotten more than 18,000 complaints of fraudulent activity related to the stimulus payments as of April 15th. What can you do to keep yourself safe? Well, beware of any stimulus-related emails, any calls, any texts. The government is way too busy to contact you in any way to let you know your check is on the way. So if anybody contacts you asking about personal information or bank information, it's likely somebody's trying to scam you. Also, uh, if anybody talks to you at all about stimulus checks or stimulus payments, that should be a huge warning signal because they're not called stimulus payments by the IRS. The official term the government uses is economic impact payment, Big J. Shh, don't tell people that. You're telling the scammers to use the words. No, Big J, we're a scammer-free radio station. So beware of any email, call, or text using the unofficial term. It's a clue that the message is not legit. Other things to look out for, IRS should be sending you a receipt for your payment in the mail about 15 days after you get it, whether you got it through direct deposit or as a paper check, and they won't be contacting you in any other way. So make sure you get that letter after receiving your payment. If you get it before, it's a sign something could be amiss. 
Yeah, and we just got our, oh, our, you did? our letter. Yeah. There you go. Weird. If you get suspicious for any reason, you should contact the FTC to let them know about it on their complaint page, and they will try to track it down for you. And so there's a lot of things that are going on. So keep an eye out for that stuff. And if anything smells off to you, then that's when you know it's time to make a call. New Orleans Saints announced yesterday that quarterback Jameis Winston has agreed to a one-year deal with the team where he'll split backup duties with Taysom Hill. The 26-year-old was the number one overall pick in 2015, was allowed to enter free agency after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Tom Brady as their new quarterback. Do you like the move, Big J? Uh, he's got, uh, well, at least he's got somebody to learn from. Yeah, I don't see him see, see, seeing the field much between him and between Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. Well, we could have said that yesterday about Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, but the only reason he saw the field was because Drew Brees got hurt. Sure. I mean, Drew Brees could also get hurt again this year. Correct. That's what I'm saying. If he gets hurt, it's a great move. But I also am not 100% sure they wouldn't go with Taysom Hill even if he did. Well, I mean, you say that, but then, you know, they continue to run Taysom Hill in these different sort of sets that they do, and he's integral in that. And, I mean, the injury uh, uh, opportunity there is great, too. That's not where you put your, your backup quarterback. No, agreed. But also, I mean, they're they're very, making a very clear statement in New Orleans that Taysom Hill is going to be their quarterback in the future. I mean, that's the guy they're going with. So well, they we'll want see to be if they really feel that way, if they keep putting him on the field to go out running routes and, and running into a bunch of... Uh, well, just because he's not he's the quarterback of the future doesn't mean they can't help, he can't help them out now. Well, he and, can't help him if he's got a broken back. <laughs> he's so far so good. Uh, you could say that about pretty much everybody in the NFL. You're right. Pop Evil will release two new songs called Let the Chaos Reign and Work on Thursday at around 9 o'clock in the morning. Idaho time. Short teasers for both tracks are available at the band's Facebook page. The tracks apparently are taken from the band's upcoming sixth album, which will be due out later this year and will follow up the 2018 self-titled effort that concluded uh, Waking Lions and Be Legendary. Uh, Lee, the lead singer of Pop Evil, said in an interview in February that the band had been working hard on a new material over the winter, saying, quote, we've been grinding away, narrowing down 30 songs to the top picks, and we've been working with multiple producers to fit each song's dynamic, and we can't wait to unleash the new songs to the world. Lee also told us a while back what the goals of Pop Evil happen to be for him as far as he's concerned. You know, we're hoping at the end of the day what we're trying to do uh, with this band is, is inspire and help people. That was the dream when we started, you know, and to see all the people that we've helped along the way thus far, it just gives that much more motivation to get back on the grind, get back on the road, and shake hands with as many people as you can and to really make it about the fans. Well, hang on with that shaking hands thing. And, of course, uh, you know, they were supposed to come to town here next month, or I guess technically June, uh, but that wasn't happening because it's been postponed for now. So that will be, you know, if there's a new date, we'll let you know what that is. But we have new Pop Evil music to look forward to, at least as early as tomorrow. Big J, you excited? Yeah. As well, you should be. Here's traffic. Inside the X-Workforce Traffic Center is where we find ourselves. It's brought to you by the Lifetime Store in Boise. Let's check in with CB. Crews are clearing a crash on northbound Orchard Street at Overland Road in Boise. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Yeah, we'll hook you up with a Trivium album. Brand new, actually. It just came out on Friday. What the Dead Men Say if you can beat Nick here in Pop Culture Smackdown. What do the Dead Men Say, Big J? Ooh. Oh, they're ghosts. They're ghosts. 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you would like to play a little game we like to call Pop Culture Smackdown. Big J's got a bunch of questions for you. Hopefully you have some answers, and that will make your music collection much, much better. Good morning, The X. Morning. Morning, man. What's your name? Michael. All right, Michael. Good luck. 
The song Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog is a duet with Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder and what other Seattle vocalist? Oh, the only one I can think of is Kurt Cobain, but that's probably not right. Wrong. There's one more there. A couple more, really. Hello, the X. I guess. But only one answer. We're good, man. Here's Big J with your question. This song, Hunger, the strong, Uh-oh. the song Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog is a duet with Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder and what other Seattle vocalist? Uh, let's see, Chris Cornell. Right, it's right answer. Uh, Nick, what music festival did Nine Inch Nails play in 1994 along with Sheryl Crow, Aerosmith, and about uh, 70 other pe- bands? Uh, give me it again. Uh, what music festival did Nine Inch Nails play in 1994 along with Sheryl Crow, Aerosmith, and about 70 other artists? Uh, I'll say Woodstock. Woodstock, 94. Right. right. This former Tonight Show host is also known for his huge car collection. Jay Leno. Right. That's right. What actress was the first to play Catwoman on the big screen, Nick? On the big screen, huh? Hmm. I'm trying to think if back in the day in the 60s movie that went to the big screen with Adam West, if Julie Newmar was actually in the movie, and I don't know if she was. So I am going to say Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's correct. Right. This NASCAR legend was called the Intimidator and raced in the number three car until the crash during Daytona 500 that took his life. Uh, Dale Earnhardt. Dale Earnhardt's right. I, I don't know if you're going to know this, Nick, but we'll see. Nick Cave. Yeah. Was in which band before assembling the Bad Seeds? Oh, uh, I don't think I will. Um, I don't know much about Nick Cave prior to the Bad Seeds, uh, so I will say, uh, hmm, I don't know, some English band that maybe uh, are they fairly well known? No, no, then I won't know. I'll no. say the Pretenders. I thought no, that's not right. I thought maybe you might know this because you're a big Nick Cave fan. I do like Nick Cave. The Birthday Party. The Birthday is Party. The name of the band. You never would have got right. Good job, man. Congratulations. You got some trivium coming your way. Hang on one second. We'll make sure that you are all set and good to go there and getting that delivered to you in email style. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll do a run of headlines next on the X-Rock. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Headlines are as follows, Big J. Not buying it, man. Bad plan, man. And bad parents, man. Not buying it, man. Uh, so listen, uh, we both uh, know uh, several people, lots of people, that do their own camera work for news reporting. Agree or disagree, Big J? Well, yeah. And uh, ABC reporter Will Reeve called into Good Morning America yesterday to deliver a report about how pharmacies are using drones to deliver prescriptions to retirement homes in Florida. The issue was he was only wearing a dress shirt, a suit jacket, and some boxers. And the angle of his camera makes the flashes of his bare legs and dark bark boxer shorts visible. While he chats with the host of Good Morning America, but it becomes impossible to ignore by the end of the segment, and it seems that Robach eventually notices as well. Reeves seems to be taking this uh, hilariously mortifying viral fame in stride, and even posted about the t- the uh, incident on Twitter. When BuzzFeed asked him about it, he said, quote, let me get dressed and I'll get back to you soon. Ha ha ha. Uh, but I'm not buying it, man. I think I think it's all a ruse. I think he did it on purpose because you know, like we, like I said, we've seen a lot of people set up their shots, and we know it's painstaking the angles that they put together and the, the amount of time it takes for them to set up the cameras to make sure the shot is right. And you know you're doing that if you're going to be on Good Morning America, right? No, so but he's I'm, I'm guessing being, he did all he, this on purpose. Nah, he's used to being on Good Morning America. He's a uh, 
Exactly. But the contributor. He, so I, it's, I, it's a national news program is my point. You know how to set up a camera angle. I think he did this to help get some viral fame and it worked. Nah, I don't. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm not that's the kid of Superman, okay? I, uh, Christopher Reeves. He's not going to do, he's not going to lie. You understand? I didn't say, nobody's saying he, he's lying. Well, if you, if you purposely do something and then. But he's not that's lying like, to me. Well, really? If you purposely do something and go viral for it, it's a lie? But if you're trying to pretend like it wasn't done on purpose. But that's not what he's saying. He, nobody's ever asked him that. He's well, just simply retweeting all the uh, news let's, articles. Let's get him on. And ask him. Well, he's not going to come clean about it now. Why would he? He's famous for it. Now he's the guy that wears underwear truth. on TV and look good doing it. You know, just happened to be pantsless. What everybody thinks everybody is underneath the uh, the news desks anyway. Bad plan, man, or bad parents, man? Bad parents, man. Uh, a man whose legal name was Speedy Gonzalez has been arrested for stealing mail, and it's hard to believe, but yes, that is his birth name. Authorities say Gonzalez allegedly stole some checks from a mailbox in Georgia that were supposed to be mailed out in January and then visited a store, purchased some items, and then returned them for cash. During a traffic stop on Saturday, Gonzalez was stopped by police and arrested. He faces several charges, including forgery, but I just want to talk to his parents and figure out why you would name your son Speedy Gonzalez, of all things. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good look, first of all. And it's just... It's messed up, man. It is. It's messed up. It's messed up. I don't blame this kid for the path that he took, because what other options did he have? I'm sure he just is an awful childhood. Your parents set him up to fail right. based on his name. Speedy Gonzalez, your real name? Wrap it up with bad plan, man. And blaming something on a fictional character will not work for police. Police in Florida responded to a call about a domestic violence incident in Port St. Lucie. When they arrived, a woman told them that Getro Gellin had shoved her to the ground and threatened her with a firearm. Police searched Gellin's vehicle and found a couple of Glock 21 pistols, semi-automatic rifle, and a bulletproof vest. When the police asked him about the weapons in his car, Getro said, Hey, they're not mine, they're my cousins. And the police said, Okay, who's your cousin? And he said, It's John Wick, man. Uh, he then later lied about, he admitted about lying about the name and wouldn't reveal the real name. Of course, John Wick is the title character of the Keanu Reeves movie franchise. John Wick. And the character of a retired hitman. And obviously, that was the first thing that popped into his head about who would have the weapons. And so, uh, whenever you say it's a fictional character's weapon, it's probably not going to work out for you. He was arrested and charged with about four different things. John Wick, no comment picture. I mean, even if they were John Wick's weapons, he's not going to admit to it, right? No. Yeah, no. Plus, he's got a whole dude that he can go to for weapons. A concierge. Yeah. That'll get him the coolest stuff in the world. He doesn't need your uh, Glock 21s, I assure you that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything. Big J on 100.3 The X. What the Dead Men Say is the latest Trivium album that came out Friday. We will give it to you via an email and you will download it and you will listen to it and you will be like oh my god it's awesome you gotta figure out bad impressions though first 208-287-1003 if you'd like to play a little game called bad impressions for that trivia music digital download big j has got three different clues they all revolve around somebody that is pretty famous if you can figure out who that famous person is in those three clues you are good to go famous all right pretty famous hello the x Hey, what's up, guys? We're hanging in there, man. How are you? Good. Wonderful. P. 
People think I was born with a joint in my mouth. Might be right. That'd be bad for the baby. Honky <laughs> Honky Tonk is rock and roll as far as I'm concerned. Next one. On the road again? I just can't wait to get on the road again. Really, Nelson. There you go. Good job, my friend. Congratulations. Trivium coming your way. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you. Why is Willie Nelson in the news? Today is Willie Nelson's 87th birthday. Happy birthday, Willie Nelson. And uh, he's been doing something uh, really good there in Texas, uh, hunkered down for the uh, quarantine. And uh, folks have been sending him uh, protective gear. Keep nice. him safe. They want to keep Billy Nelson safe. So he's been autographing it and then uh, getting it to healthcare workers. That's cool. Yeah. Good job, Willie. I saw he was doing like some online thing too. I don't know if it was for his birthday or what, but he was like uh, organizing like some online concert with a bunch of his friends. A little bit more in the uh, the the country western side of things, yeah. but still kind of cool to uh, to see. So happy birthday, Willie Nelson. Did you see did you see him last time he rolled through town? No, and I Oh wait, yeah, I did. Well, let's see. Or was it a couple times ago? It was ago? a couple times ago. Yeah. And you said that show was something. Well, it wasn't the greatest that I'd seen. But he was like 85 at that time, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. impressive. Sure, I mean, listen, 85 to be out there still doing what he's doing. Good for him. Happy birthday, Willie Nelson. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We wrap up the show here next on the X-Rock. Papa Roach, Last Resort. That's how we're wrapping up the old Morning After with Nick and Big J on this Wednesday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We certainly do appreciate it. We learned that Big J uh, does recommend the movie The Kitchen, which is streaming now on HBO. If you want to check it out, it was Big J approved for streaming dumbass. We also learned that he does have a bit of a messy, messy car. And he's not proud of it, especially if he had to uh, I'm travel very proud of it. around somebody that was important. He would be embarrassed by it. That's true. But not enough to clean it. Right. And, of course, we also had a chance to remind you about Cage Match. We told you the winner of yesterday's Cage Match today. Let's tell you today's winner today. Big J, who won Cage Same match? winner. Same winner. Mushroomhead picking up win number three. Congratulations to those guys out of Ohio. They'll take on another challenger tomorrow morning around 9.15 or so on the morning after. Reminder, if you want to text us, don't forget to use the TDS Fiber text line 208-287-1003. TDS Fiber, your new choice for lightning fast internet, TV, and phone. And that leaves you with the floor, Big J. Uh, yeah, and, and something I've been meaning to talk about for a while is just the ridiculousness. I got into an argument with one of my kids. Oh, when they were in high school, about the spacing after a period, mm-hmm. and, and, and because they asked me to look over the paper, and and I said, well, look, this is a problem here. You you haven't double spaced here, and they're like, oh, that's 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 not the way it's done anymore. And and now Microsoft Word will now flag two spaces between sentences as a formatting error. I don't like it. Where when did the rule change and why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We the grew up. We grew up being forced to put two spaces after a sentence. Now I don't know if uh, the Twitter world nixed that. Either. That could be because of the spacing, you yeah. know, the character thing. That could very well be. And so people are just used to one space. But you know, as somebody that was a news writer for years, we had to double space everything. Everything had to be double spaced after every period, and you got in trouble if you didn't. And uh, and now it's gone, and people are very upset about it, including you, Big J. Yeah, well, now you you can change it in Microsoft, and and uh, in your settings to make it do it the proper way. Good, good. So either way, I guess, is correct or acceptable depending on the person. But you will only accept double spaced, right? Uh, it, no, no, you can do whatever you want. I'm, I'm turning. Not, I'm not some sort of grammar. Oh. 
But you'll argue with your kid about it. No, they will argue with me. I see. <laughs> Morning After with Nick and Big J. Jason Drew's up next. We'll see you tomorrow at CX Rock.